When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Pucks with Hags podcast, the 53rd episode of the Pucks with Hags podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Joe Haggerty. You can find my work on Substack at joehaggerty.substack.com. Uh, get a premium membership. You can have all my Bruins and NHL content sent directly to your inbox. I also file columns after every Bruins game at Boston Sports Journal uh, at bostonsportsjournal.com, working with Greg Bedard, Mike Giardi, uh, a host of talented people covering all of Boston sports over there. With me this week, a couple of great, get, great guests, the Boston Herald, Steve Conroy, New England Hockey Journal's Mark Diver. Before we get into the conversation, though, let's get to our sponsors and thank them real quick. FanDuel Sportsbook, get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Download the app, really easy, easy to use. Spreads, player props, over-under, so much more. Uh, visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and get start, started with the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS network. And also, Factor Meals, number one's re- America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Head to FactorMeals.com slash Hags50 and use code Hags50 to get 50% off your first, first box. Delicious meals, ready in two minutes. Uh, if you're busy like me, they're perfect to just throw in the microwave and get going. All right, let's get to the business at hand. Thank you, gentlemen, both for uh, for joining us today. And and Steve, just wanted to get your thoughts right off the hop and uh, right after that, Mark, too, about what we saw last night. Uh, that was uh, an interesting departure from a lot of the games that we've seen recently. It was a lot different, um, you know, both the offense and the defense, uh, the breakdowns, uh, the way the team played. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that was very uncharacteristic of this Bruins team. Obviously, the tone was set pretty early in the game uh, with the wild start and goals back and forth, and it seemed like it was going to be wide open after that. But anything uh, for you, Steve, to read out of that game last night? Uh, I, I don't know if there's, there's too much to read. Uh, you know, they, they had a chance to steal a point or two, and, and they weren't able to do it. It was just one of those games that that they looked nothing like you know they had in the in the in the four game win streak that they had. Yep. You know, pucks were not sticking to the goalie, and and defensemen were not clearing the clearing the pucks. There was, you know, the Penguins had far too much free reign in in the house, as they say, and yep. it was just a it was just a bad game all around defensively. I mean, you know, as they said last night, you know, they were resilient. They kept fighting back. Uh, they had it, like I said, they had a chance to take a couple of points and they didn't, they weren't even able to get one. Uh, the, the biggest surprise of the whole night was that Crosby's goal with eight minutes left stood, stood to, for, for, as the game winner. Yeah, you thought there was going to be a goal like in the last minute, last one to score was going to win in like the last two minutes of the game, uh, the way it was going. Maybe a little fitting that, that said the kid got the game winning goal there. Um, you know, it, it was interesting listening to Brad Marchand talk about his fellow Nova Scotian afterwards and sort of the greatness that Sid the Kid still has and, uh, you know, how maybe not enough people talk about Sidney Crosby anymore, even though he's one of the best players in the league because everybody wants to talk about Connor Bedard and it's kind of the 
ESPNization of the NHL, sort of uh, obsessed with the 18-year-old yeah. kid picked first overall. So all that was interesting. And um, it was kind of fitting the way the game played out that, that Crosby gets the game winner at the end, even if it wasn't uh, in the last couple minutes of the game. Mark, your your thoughts on on what you saw last night? Uh, anything to read into it? And um, I, I agree with Steve. And I almost wonder if we're in that like fits and starts part of the schedule as we get to the dog days of January and February, where th- we're going to see games like this and it's going to be, you know, win two, three, four games in a row, lose a couple in a row. And as the schedule really starts to wreak havoc with the Bruins and their legs, we're going to see them, you know, go on fits and starts for the rest of the season and not be as consistently good as they were at the beginning when they had their freshest legs. Yeah. I think there are going to be games like this, uh, going forward. Um, you know, you fall behind, you you come back, uh, you play the crap out of the, uh, you know, the top, uh, your top players. Yep. Uh, my takeaway is the greatness of Sid. Sidney uh, yep. Crosby in, uh, you know, year 18, uh, just the great, just such a great performance. Uh, you know, now that Bergeron's gone, you know, you see that reminded me of Bergeron in, in a way. that kind of performance over the, the entire uh, rink. Uh, you know, I don't know how close he is to retirement. I think uh, he, he's got a lot of gas left in the tank, but uh, we're going to miss him when he's gone for sure. Yeah. And Martian said it really well last night. He was like, you know, Crosby part of the reason he's not going to get his due or the media is not going to be, fawning all over him now is obviously McDavid is a little more exciting, fast, whatever, but he's, he, you know, he doesn't dazzle you Sidney Crosby with his skill. A lot of it is hard skill, uh, just good compete along with, uh, you know, world-class elite skill, but he plays like the playoff. He, he plays at a playoff level every single night and he consistently does it all year long, you know, and he just brings that level and that, and he sort of figured out what winning hockey is all about how to play with his teammates, how to get the most out of them while getting uh, the most out of himself and and just what great players do, you know, he, and it was, it was, it was interesting when he started talking about Bedard and how Bedard, yeah, he's talented, but he hasn't reached that level of understanding of his ability, how to make others better. You know, the real, what the real great players do like Sidney Crosby and that we should be talking a lot more uh, about Sid. And I thought there were some really good points there. And I, I liked what you just said, Mark, about playing the crap out of some of your players, because I think that's something to watch with this Bruins team. And I didn't uh, mention it in the notes of what we're going to talk about today, but I did definitely want to note, like when you get into January and February in the weeds in the middle of the season in the dog days, when you don't want to, you know, blow out all your best players by playing them too much, you got to watch Pasternak playing 23 minutes last night. Uh, and I didn't even know if this was right, but they had Hampus Lindholm for 29 plus minutes last night. Um, McAvoy was in the 26 plus range. Uh, the, you know, I don't know how much you can do that, especially when you start to get into the busyness of January and February, if you want them to have a full tank of gas when it really matters at playoff time. And I actually talked to Charlie Coyle about this last week and mentioning what the best way is to get through the 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 middle part of the season that's always tough for the players when it gets to this point and he talked about using all your players and using your bench and not playing everybody, you know, too many minutes to wear them down towards the end. Steve, do you think that is some level of concern because it, it, I, um, Jim Montgomery's kind of a little different, you know, I remember Claude 
you'd never see a forward go over 20 minutes back when he was coaching the team. And he really played the fourth yeah. line a lot to the chagrin of people like Mike Felger. Um, but, you know, he had that in mind when he was playing them. And, I, I, you know, they got away from that a little bit with Cassidy, but I still think he was sort of mindful of that. Is, some, is that something we need to watch is just how hard Jim Montgomery rides some of these players, especially where, you know, they're in decent playoff position right now. Well, yeah, it, it, but it's the, the nature of the beast when you're, you've you got three or four rookies in your lineup. Yep. Um, uh, you know, the, they, they score the first goal, comes back and, and, and ties it up, and Montgomery throws out the fourth line, hoping that they were going to bring some energy. Instead, they spent the, the whole time in, in their own zone. You know, that, that was the start of, I think, the – the germ of, of him thinking, okay, I'm not going to be able to play this line that much tonight. Yeah. He wasn't able to play, play Mason Lorai much less, much last night. I mean, that's why you see Lindholm is up around close to 30 minutes. Lindholm was, I mean, uh, Lorai was minus three in, in less than nine minutes of ice yep. time. That's tough to yep. do. Um, so either, either you, you, you're gonna, you know, play your, your top guys a lot, or you got to live with the mistakes of of the, the the younger younger guys, and you know they still want to win games every night. Uh, so you know there are only so many mistakes they're gonna uh, they're gonna you know live with. Yeah, and and you know that is part of the growing pains of introducing younger players into the lineup for sure. Um, I guess it just can't happen too often. If you start playing those guys, you know those kind of minutes consistently, especially when you're in stretches of three and four or anything like that, you're, you're going to be inviting trouble. And if you do it, you dip into that well too many times, but Mark, uh, to Steve's point, eight twenty-three of ice time for Mason Lowry last night, a season low, a minus three, really rough night. Um, rough week, really, when you talk about him getting the puck to the face in Columbus too, and then the dental work he had to do in the days in between. And who knows if that played a part in, you know, what we saw last night, um eight shifts and 533 of ice time for Merkulov who um you know Montgomery mentioned the other day I think is still trying to get acclimated to the speed of the NHL and I think you can see that he's chasing the puck a lot uh when he's on the ice and when he's been uh, in the roles that he's been in which haven't been like top six skill roles but you know still you'd like to see something out of him you're you're thoughts on some of those younger guys uh last night and what you've seen out of them lately and whether you think some of them might be uh, hanging out with uh, you in Providence a little bit more uh, sometime soon. Well, I think in Lowry's case, you know, they brought him up kind of out of necessity when uh, Forbert went down. Uh, and leading up to this week, I thought he was uh, he was making some strides in, yep. in his game. Uh, last night, obviously, was a tough one. It's like you said, it's a tough week. He gets hit in the mouth in Columbus, and then. Uh, you know, last night they uh, they pile up three on him. Uh, you know, in a perfect world, he'd be in Providence. He, he maybe he would have been in Providence this whole time, learning, you know, the defensive side and and all of that. But by necessity, they've they've plugged him in there. And last night aside, I you know he's been okay. He's been yep. okay. Uh, Merkeloff, I think, is miscast as a fourth liner. I don't, I don't think you're yeah. you're going to get the best out of him there. Yeah. But it is what it is at this point. You know, you, you could say uh, many a player has come up and and had to slug it out on the fourth line before they really found their footing. Uh, 
and uh, that maybe that's where he is right now. Uh, but playing with, I mean, he's not going to pile up points in the in the role that they have him in right now. Um, I thought he had some good moments in the in the first couple of games, uh, but last night, yeah, he was uh, he did not help last night. Uh, you know, and he was uh, it wasn't just him, but uh, playing that amount of minutes in in the role that he's in is is not going to show his best side. Uh, but the lineup's thin. Let's face it, at the bottom, the lineup's yep. thin. Johnny Beecher, what what's what's he brought lately? Uh, you know, he's on. He's just not enough. He's not a any threat with the puck on his stick that that I can see. But that's who he is. That's what he is. Uh, Lauko hasn't scored in, I don't know, thirty some games. Yeah, he does what he does. But you know, it'd be nice to see him chip in once in a while uh, offensively. Steen is is. Not going to give you production offensively. He he does some good things, but he he's he is what he is. So you got guys like that in the lineup at the bottom. You fall behind. Those guys are they're they're going to be stable to the bench like they were last night. Yeah, and I think one of the things we've seen as of late, and this ties into you know the Milan Lucic situation and them being in his plans, and then you know, uh, obviously being out of those plans uh, immediately uh, when they thought he was going to be part of their fourth line. I feel like they're a piece short on the fourth line in general and the combination of players that they have. And they need, you know, somebody that's maybe a little more dynamic, certainly somebody that's a little more physical and bigger, uh, but somebody also that can, you know, chip in a lot offensively and has a little bit of an offensive dimension of their game, if especially if you're going to keep running you know, Loco and Beecher out there. And and Loco does have, has had his moments in the past offensively for sure. And I think he's got the skill to be able to chip in every once in a while. We just haven't seen it as of late. And it would be better if they could find an NHL caliber um, player to do that with. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel. You know what's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Look, if you're not good at math, you, you even you know that's a good deal. I mean, I'm not good at math, and I, I know that's a good deal. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use, so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off your NFL season. FanDuel. Official partner of the NFL. All right, here we go, folks. Now pay attention to this. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support, play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All this plays into uh, what we're talking about with the young guys with Matt Potra coming back from World Juniors uh, and how he's going to factor in. Um, had a, a good World Junior with Team Canada, not great. I thought he was very good in the last game uh, that they lost to Czechia. 
um, when it seemed like maybe he was starting to get his legs under him and the jet lag was going away and everything else. Um, you know, but it wasn't dominant by any means. I, I just he was a solid contributor uh, on that team. But uh, what happens now, Mark, do you think with him coming back into the folds uh, with the Bruins, uh, do you think he slots back in? Um, they've talked about trying a wing potentially. It's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing plays out with him moving forward. But I, I would suspect it also uh, is the writing on the wall that Merkulov is going to be going back to Providence any day now. Well, that I don't know. Uh, I, it's hard for me to envision Patra being productive on the wing. I, I, I just yeah. think he's, he's a center. Um, yep. They might have to plug him in over there, you know, see what happens, get him back, get him back in uh, into NHL games and, uh, you know, see if he can, see if he can, you know, kind of get that spark that he showed early on. I don't think we've seen it uh, all that much lately, but, uh, you know, see, get him back in there, see, see what he can do. Uh, you know, if you're going to send Merkel up back, I, I don't know, without really putting him in a position to show off what he, what he can do, then I don't know, that'll be tough on him. Uh, but Hey, that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, if they send him back, what do they tell him? This is what you have to work on uh, or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know what that would be. You're going to tell him that you got to get faster. Well, he's, 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 he is what he is. He's not going to get faster. Uh, and I, I don't think he's slow by no. having said that, uh, but he's no, got to some, play. Sometimes, sometimes you can also, if for some players, it takes a couple times. Yes. Absolutely. Sort of getting dropped into that NHL situation to really like find your stride, figure out, you know, where you fit in what works just get up to that level of play and expectation and everything else that's going on. You know, it, it, it doesn't yeah. always click the first time for all these guys either. Well, not comparing uh, Merkel off to Brad Marshan, but yeah, if I'm not mistaken, Marshan was up 20 games and had yep. no points and then yep. went back down and uh, you know, went, uh, went on from there and yep. it's turned out pretty well for him, but uh, he also started on the fourth line. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You know, maybe miscast in that role uh, in hindsight. Uh, but that's like, like I said earlier, that's uh, that often happens. You gotta, you gotta take the opportunity and build on it. And uh, you know, four games for Merkel up. I don't know if that's uh, that's enough, but you know, that might uh, that might be his fate at this point and uh, bide his time until the next opportunity. Yes, I'll always remember uh, Brad Marchand was a black ace in 2010 during the playoffs when they collapsed against the Flyers while Trent Whitfield was getting steady playing time uh, for the Boston Bruins because of the injury to, to David Krejci. Obviously, he was a different position, but I, I, I remember that distinctly. Um, Steve, what do you think is going to happen here with uh, with Patra? How do you envision him in the lineup? Where do you think he's going to slot in? Well, I I think he's... <laughs> to see him you know, center that uh, third line with um, JV with a combination of JVR or Heinen um, uh, in Trent Frederick and then you, you you can drop Heinen down to the fourth line where he's been effective you know in the, the couple of times he's played there um, what they do with Merkulov I'm, I'm, I'm not sure um, 
it, it, it seems to me that he's uh, not not moving slowly. He's just thinking slowly right now, and that that you know comes yeah. with the uh, you know the territory. He's getting his shots blocked because he's waiting a beat too too long. Um, so you know, I think he needs needs some playing time to to work his way through that part of it. And you know, I I wouldn't you know he got one shift. And you know, it, it might have been by accident. I, I wasn't sure. He got one shift with with Pasternak and, and Zaka last night, and you know, the, the, you know, what can you do with one one shift? But right. it was interesting to see see him get that. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing you know a, a little bit more of that uh, occasionally. But you know, they've got they've got a lot of pieces in in not not a you know an obvious you know fit for a few of them. Right. And, that, and that's my sense of why he would end up back in Providence is I just don't think he's going to get the steady playing time here that he probably needs to have, you know, at this point continued, you know, like, you know, it, it yeah. you could rotate him through certain guys and give guys nights off, but I don't think it makes sense with Padre coming back that there's going to be enough room at the end uh, for him with all the other forwards that I, they have. We'll, we'll see. Um, but, and you know, I, I'm sure there, there's going to be injuries uh, or something circumstances happening. Yeah you know, in the near future where he'd be back up again, a la Mason Lowry uh, being up with the team um, right now. Uh, one guy who I wanted to talk a little bit about um, is Matt Grizzlick. And, you know, they're, he was part of uh, the Bruins defense corps having issues clear in the front of the net last night. Um, he's not having a great year. I think there's been some rough nights for him. Um, I don't know if he, if, I don't know if he's the the best fit for like the way Montgomery is playing uh, and his sort of like style and, and the system that he runs. And if that's part of the issue too, but you know, just what you think is going on with Grizz, uh, why you think Steve, maybe this, you know, this has been a little bit of a departure for him where he has not been as much of a factor when he's been in there as he has been in the past. Yeah. He started out. Okay. You know, they gave him, you know, uh, some duty on the penalty kill and early on he was, he was pretty good on it. And, you know, you wouldn't, wouldn't think of him as a penalty kill guy, but I mean, you can defend in a number of ways and he defends well with his legs and in his stick. Yep. You know, how, how much he's still hurt. I, I don't know. I mean, you, if that shoulder popped out, you know, that could be an ongoing thing and it could be why he wasn't able to at least get a body on who was it? Jeff Carter last night. Yeah, um, could be that that could be part of it. Um, and it's just something you deal with when you when you've got a smaller guy like that. Um, he's he's made he made a few really good you know breakout passes last night um, that didn't you know result in anything. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, you know he's at the end of his contract, and you wonder you you wonder what what the thinking is there, whether you know they could get something for him or or whether they're just better off hanging on to him uh, as depth because um, he does move the puck. Well, um, I, I, I liked him better on the third pairing with Shattenkirk and Lori up, up with McAvoy. I thought that, yep. you know, that yep. the, those two pairings played well together. And then for whatever reason, you know, they decided to, to flip those guys and it didn't work for either one of them really. Yeah, and it, it, putting Lowry and Shattenkirk together, I think that's uh, that defensively, that's a big ask for them uh, when they're yeah. together. I think you need to have one sort of, you know, 
I, I have always liked the defense pairings of like one puck mover and one more traditional sort of stay at home guy, or at least a guy that, you know, is, is good in his own end and defending. Um, uh, Mark, just what, what, anything you've seen out of Grizz and what you think uh, your sort of assessment of his season to this point? Well, I, I wonder about the contract. I, you know, here's a guy who's played his entire career uh, in Boston. Uh, yep. Obviously we know about the roots. Uh, so I would think it's got to be unsettling for him to be in this situation where he's going to be a free agent or he could be a free agent in just a few months and yep. no, uh, you know, no new contract at this point. Uh, it's got to be on his mind. He, uh, you know, similar, a, similar to Jake DeBrusque in that situation. I think they're both kind of in that same boat. Yeah. But uh, you know, even more so for Grizz, I think, because yeah, this is where he, he doesn't know anything else, but uh, but where he's been here. So yeah, I would suspect that that's uh, that's uh, weighing heavily on him. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if you trade him. What do you? I guess it it all, always uh, all depends on what you get for him. Uh, they might be better off just keeping him as you know. Uh, for depth or in case someone happens, you know, something happens, you know, someone's going to get hurt between now and the end of the season and uh, having him around, uh, you know, in the, in the lineup, uh, maybe out of the lineup at times uh, would probably be uh, a good, uh, a good thing to have. Yeah. And I, I think it's always wiser uh, to hold <laughs> on to defense rather than trade him away because of attrition over the course of the regular season and the playoffs. Um, I think he's an interesting matchup guy at times. Certainly, I think um, he helped when he was in the lineup uh, against Florida last year, and I think they missed his puck moving when he was not in the lineup at times against the Panthers in that playoff series. Uh, against that heavy forecheck, uh, you know, I think they, they, they could use a player like that when he wasn't in there, and I kind of, you know, felt that way watching the team when he, when he was absent from it. So, um there would definitely be value in, in keeping a guy like that. And just in general, I, I think holding on to as many defensemen as you can, because they go down so fast and so furiously uh, once you get to the postseason is the best way to go. Uh, but I agree with you. I think that's a good point about his contract and especially a guy like Grizz where I think he, you know, he's one of those players that uh, would value that security and, and it would meet, be meaningful to him to know where he's going to be and, and what his uh, situation is going to be rather than it being up in the air. Uh, for some players, it it, ba it bothers them more. It factors in more than others. Um, tweet of the week. I think this is a good one. It kind of plays into what we were just talking about in general and certainly what we watched last night uh, against Pittsburgh from Kirk, 1972-1974. The defense is not mean enough or gritty enough to endure the, the hardship of a Stanley Cup run. In my mind, it is the team's biggest liability. I agree with this 100%. You know, everybody talks about uh, the need for a top six center, um, the need to go out and get a traditional, like an Elias Lindholm or somebody like that that's going to come in and, and play 20 minutes a night and, and be at the very top of the lineup. I still think when I watch this team, uh, the ability to have a defenseman that's dirty, mean, and nasty, that will clean bo clear bodies in front of the net, that will just take over situations like in the last couple minutes of games in the third period, uh, and, you know, make sure that they're not getting uh, they're not getting to the net front and getting goals. It was way too easy to get there last night. 
uh, for Pittsburgh against the Bruins. Um, do you think, uh, Mark, this is the team's biggest liability and the, this is the biggest area of need if they do want to improve and get somebody at the trade deadline? Well, it's definitely a liability. Uh, and the physical part, I, I think it, that applies up front, too. They don't have uh, – yep. Luch was the guy, and obviously he's not around. But uh, on D, yeah, you know, they they need a Radko Gudis. They need a Jacob Middleton from from Minnesota. Uh, You know, a guy who makes other teams nervous when uh, when you go stand in front of the net. You you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the guy's going to do. so yeah, that's definitely uh, something that they need. But there's probably a, you know, twenty teams in the league that that have that need as well. And those guys, uh, you know, in in Gudis's case, he makes too much money. They're not they're not going to get him. But uh, yep. you know, finding a guy that maybe uh, maybe you didn't think of to play that role, somebody who, I think Middleton a year or so ago or a year and a half ago would have been that guy because. Playing in San Jose, who knew who he was? Uh, but now he goes to Minnesota, and uh, he's in that role. You saw him fighting the other day in that uh, that thing with uh, with Winnipeg. He was involved in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so finding a guy like that, uh, easier said than done. But, yeah, that's a shortcoming for sure. It, it is. But I think uh, Don Sweeney and his staff and the NHL scouts, they've shown the ability to find those sort of under the radar guys, the guy that you weren't thinking of yeah. that kind of fits the bill uh, of uh, what they need, uh, identifying them and getting them. And and this also plays into like how well I think they did on July 1 with the players they brought in um, in free agency for low money, low term, you know, deals, the JVR a million dollars. He looks like he's going to, you know, end up with like 20 goals, and 50 plus points this year. And he's played very well for them and, and filled that role nicely. I think Kevin Shattenkirk, as he's gotten more comfortable with uh, Montgomery system has really added value uh, as, as a, an offensive defenseman on the back end. And I think at times when I watch him, I feel like he should be on the top power play unit all the time uh, with those other offensive guys, rather than some of the other defensemen that, that get put out there that maybe aren't as comfortable in this, as the, in the power play quarterback role um Dan Heinen off the scrap heap has played very well too another guy that they brought in um so they've shown the ability to identify those kind of players that maybe you weren't thinking of to be really good fits for what they're doing and the style that they're running Steve do you think that that's the biggest uh team's biggest liability is is uh lack of enough meanness grittiness or physicality from the defense uh in front of the net well it was certainly the problem last night it was um, it definitely was <laughs> This is an um, apropos time to talk about this. There's no question yeah. about it. Um, I, I think I think it's an issue. I think you know Derek Forbert doesn't bring that fear factor really. He's not that like mean and nasty, but he knows how to get rid of a, the puck and you know when it's sitting in the slot. Yeah. Um, you know, so he'll help a little bit. You know, you know, provided he's able to come back. This has been a long haul with with this you know you know core injury that he has. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So, you know, if he can come back and, and play like he's played in the past, it will help. But, yeah, you know, as Mark said, you know, it helps to have a guy that, that, that you know, ha- has, you know, forwards looking over their shoulder um, and being a little nervous going into the slot area. So, yeah, that, that's, that, that is, you know, 
I, w- I would put prop that at the top of the the, the wish list. Yeah, and, and you know, necessarily finding somebody that fits that role, uh, I don't think that's gonna. It potentially might not be the biggest cost in the world either to get that kind of yeah. a play in terms right. of assets, in terms of the contract that they have, all that stuff. So I think it's a very feasible realistic get for them at the trade deadline where some of this other stuff just because of their salary cap situation the lack of future assets that they have with you know no first and second round picks and uh for the next few years and not wanting to trade their top guys some of these guys are not realistic because they're just not going to have the wherewithal um to be able to to pull off those kind of trades but i think this kind of this kind of upgrade is something at the deadline that you definitely would be able to do and and that's where where you might have to give up grizz it, because of his salary uh, yeah. to be able to fit somebody in um you look at a guy like good branson that's that's a pretty pricey pricey tag but you know he's kind of the guy that they need yep um uh so we'll see what happens there but you know you, you want to keep Grizz, you want to keep all your defensemen because as you said they go down in the playoffs but they might not be able to do it eric good branson he would be a great fit i still remember covering a Bruins preseason game in Rochester uh, at where the Amherst play. Um, this was the Marchands. This was the Stanley cup year. I think uh, in the, one of their last preseason games, the game was not on TV and Marchand uh, this, and this is before he was established with the Bruins to Mark's point, talking about him earlier, this was coming off the year where he played like 20 games, didn't have any points. And then was, you know, just about to establish himself as a fourth liner. I'll never forget. He pulled the Hanson brothers thing where he hooked the goalie skate as he was skating by him and like pulled a skate out and tripped him and then skated away. And Branson lost his mind, started chasing Marshand up the ice to try to get him totally stopped playing his position. And the Bruins ended up scoring a goal because Branson was like hell bent on kicking the crap out of Marshand instead of actually playing defense. So like that, I always think of him when I think, and I think of that moment when, uh, when I hear Eric Branson, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, but, uh, Mark, for you, uh, just the last word, maybe from Providence, anything over the last few weeks, um, of note, anything, uh, going on down there that people should know about? Well, uh, Fabian Lysel's the guy that <clears throat> a lot of, uh, you know, the fan base, uh, gets, gets excited, uh, about him. And obviously he, uh, he was, uh, in the news a little bit uh recently where where you know the the coach Ryan Mujanel uh indicated that uh you know maybe there were some things in his game that needed to be better. Yeah. Uh, and uh you know honestly the last handful of games he has been better. He has so, been better. so the response to those comments was good. Well the first couple of games not so not so good but <laughs> the last few yeah, he it, it's been better. He he hasn't been going one on four or one on five on on his own entries. Uh, you know he's 
he's been sharing the puck uh, more than he was, uh, you know, before that. He's put up some points. Uh, he had probably his best game of the season, uh, maybe his best game ever in Providence. I, I, I don't know. I'd have to look back against Utica. I think it was last last Friday night. Couple of goals, a beautiful assist, showing the things that you like to think that he is or that he can do. Uh, he got in a fight uh, last Saturday night in Springfield. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, he did, and you know he uh, he ate a couple, and he ended up at the bottom of the at the bottom of the pile. But uh, you know he showed he showed uh, you know some some heartbeat there, uh, which in a lot of games you, you don't really see. So I would say he's been he's been better uh, now. The the issue is, can he continue this? That's always the issue, right? One game, one good game here and there, isn't really going to get you anywhere. But can you be consistent with a with a good effort, a, an effort where you say, yeah, he was he brought something tonight. Uh, so he needs a stretch of games where that's really the case, where he is bringing it every night. Uh, in the last little while, he's he's done that. So, uh, you know, they got more games this weekend. We'll we'll see what happens. I like that, though. We're going to end this Pucks with Hags podcast on a positive note of Fabian Lysel actually with an uptick in play and responding to Mooj's uh, harsh comments from a few weeks ago. Truthful. And maybe, harsh. maybe maybe it was more the Merculov call-up that got to him. Yes. Than, than I, I, yes. 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 Well, yeah, I mean, uh, right. When uh, Whenever anyone gets called up, there's 20 other guys thinking, oh, you know, how come it's him and not me? So, yeah, there's – there's definitely some of that going on too. Hey, if he's got multiple fires burning underneath him, that's perfectly <laughs> fine too. All right, let's thank our sponsors real quick. FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. NFL playoffs are coming. NBA is in full swing. NHL is in full swing. Uh, head to FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season right. Also, Factor Meals, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Uh, Want to budget this month by cutting back on takeout? Get Factor Meals instead. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions to your door uh, with renewable electricity from their production sites. Uh, all kinds of good stuff going on right there. Head to factormeals.com slash hags50 and use code hags50 to get 50% off your first box. Steve Conroy and Mark Diver, thank you very much, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. All right, you got it. Thank you, everybody, for listening out there. We'll see you at the race.